Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live, but we got to let it breathe just for a moment while we bring on our Facebook group. Bear with us just one moment here, gang. And we're going to get this party started. Super excited to talk to you after a night off. And we're good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime, my fellow football priest, fresh off a day off. You know him, you love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, today we heard the, I'll still say, um, I'll just say the bittersweet news that Philip Rivers is hanging up his cleats officially after I think it was 16 years in with the Chargers and then one year with the Colts. How how would you classify the the body of work, the achievements for whatever they might be for Philip Rivers? I think he was a pretty good quarterback, Dad Gummit. You know, I think he had he was a fringe Hall of Famer, and you know we talked about this right before we went on, Chad. If there was a regular season Hall of Fame, I believe he'd be first ballot, the first guy, you know, his, the first card that's punched there. But he always kind of collapsed in the playoffs. He never he never won a title. He never did anything noteworthy like that. He was never an MVP. He had good offenses with Danny and Tomlinson, with Vincent Jackson, Keenan Allen. It just never got him to the promised land. But a nuisance and, and a thorn in the Broncos side for many years, a quarterback that you love to hate, a quarterback that you ultimately respect, though, like we talked mm-hmm. about yesterday. Like Tom Brady, you might hate him. We all hate him, but we all also respect him for what he's done in the NFL. And same, same for Phillip Rivers. I'm happy he gets to pursue his dream now of being a, I think, a high school coach in Alabama. And he gets to move on with his 20 kids. So, I mean, salutations <laughs> to Philip, and I hope he has a good post-NFL life. I think it was Brandon Perna said on Twitter today, I got a laugh out of it, that Philip Rivers retired so that he could take a job, the only job he could find where he could spend time around more kids than being at his own house. <laughs> I was like, nice. That's why That's you funny. make the big bucks, Perna. But, you know, when I think of, uh, when I think of Rivers, um, I, two memories come to mind. And the first is just 
And the first one is kind of more of a general thing in terms of the rivalry, because obviously Broncos Chargers, always a rivalry, but the true quarterback to quarterback spite and hatred that Phillip Rivers and Jay Cutler had from, from 07 through 08, you know, I guess it was only two seasons, but to me that really culminated in that one game in 2008 when uh, Cutler went, you know, trying to tie the game and he, he rolls out and he, he definitely fumbled the ball, but they called it, incomplete pass and so they got one more try on fourth down he hits eddie royal then they get the two-point conversion walk off the field with the win and just he and rivers that game just going at it and you don't usually see that from quarterbacks they're not on the field at the same time and then of course how could i forget probably the most precious memory broncos fans have of philip rivers and that is watching him hang his head in shame as peyton manning overcomes a three-score deficit on monday night football to uh, beat the chargers back in 2012 which was for what it's worth that was the game that officially ushered in that four-year reign with Peyton because up to that point, I want to say the Broncos were either two and three or two and four off the top of my head. There were a lot of doubts, even though he won the first game. He won his first game as a Bronco against the against the Steelers. There were some doubts, like he wasn't looking that good, obviously, new environment, new team play, you know, role players, all this stuff, some doubts. But that was the game that opened up the floodgates. They ended up going on an 11-game win streak from there and, of course, lost to the Ravens. But that's what I think of when when, when someone says – Philip Rivers, I think dadgummit, I think Monday Night Football, and I think all, about all those kids. I also think of his very unique, shall we say, delivery, Chad. And we will never – I don't understand how he doesn't throw out his arm on every single throw. I don't understand how he completes a pass. It's a sidearm delivery that he almost like shot puts it. He stops short. His AC joint must be just, you know, constantly aching him, but – uh, yeah, those three characteristics will always be associated with Phillip Rivers. And one of those guys, I think, you know, under the radar, like a Matt Ryan, never really got the due respect because he was never really on a complete team. But um, definitely down the road, a good discussion for the Hall of Fame. Not a first ballot, though. Guys, we are excited for tonight's show because we are going to analyze and react to George Payton's introductory press conference, which came yesterday while we were off. I know Nick and Carl, the Building the Broncos guys, uh, covered a lot of the topics, but Zach and I want to really be able to let our hair down and and cover this stuff, and we're going to do so initially in our first segment with MHH superstar, Mount Rushmore superstar, Mike Evans. Everybody knows Mike. We're going to get him on the show here in just a few moments and pick his brain on some of these topics, see what he thinks of the George Payton hire, see what he thinks of some of the hot-button issues, like what to do with Vaughn, what to do with Drew, what to do with Justin Simmons. We're going to get to all that here in just a moment. First, though, we got to say uh, what's up and, and give a shout out to the presenting sponsor of tonight's live stream podcast, Manscaped. Guys, it's it's 2021. All right, let's put 2020 behind us officially. Hopefully 20 days into the new year, you've done that. One of the ways to help you have that new year, new me uh, mindset is by tightening things up, all right, below the belt, all right? New, new year, new me, Manscaped is a way to help you get that done. We, we talk about the Lawnmower 3.0. We talk about the Weed Whacker. We talk about the Cologne, which me and John and myself, in fact, just yesterday we were, we were, we're singing its praises about how good it, it is. Surprisingly good. You don't think, yep. think a, a men's, you know, um, for lack of a better term, razors and stuff like that. You wouldn't think that they would be putting out a premium Cologne, but it is good. Women like it. My wife thinks it's great, Zach. So Manscaped, it's, it's a great launching off point if you're trying to, Keep that New Year's resolution for being, you know, stepping your game up. 
Yeah, I got a plus one that, Chad. You know, a lot of these companies or brands, different products, they'll throw in a very cheap cologne that you'd buy in Walmart, and it just, it, it just, it's disgusting, for lack of a better word. You don't want to ever put it on anywhere part of your body. The one they give you is actually really nice. It's not too overpowering. You need a little bit, and it actually smells really good. But the same thing for uh, the the nose hair trimmer that I'm holding right now that I advocate for every single podcast, the uh, the Weed Whacker. You wouldn't think of Manscaped. You associate them with, you know, intimate male grooming with the lawnmower like Chad's going to show you. But the nose hair trimmer, the weed whacker, is very effective. I use it more than I want to admit. It's it's works really easy, holds a charge forever, cleans me up, makes me feel better about myself. That's the whole point of Manscaped. You cannot go wrong with these products. The thing I love the most, I mean, they make this, the, the, the lawnmower 3.0, as safe as it can possibly be as a razor. But what I actually love about it the most, I'm just going to turn it on for a second just so you can flash it. You, you see the light. It illuminates those kind of hard to, to make out parts when you're trying to bend over. Whatever you're trying to do makes it a little bit easier on you. So, guys, so many different products to, to choose from in terms of helping you step up your grooming game in 2021. So head on over to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping. But you have to use the code HUDDLE. Manscaped.com code huddles that. That's right, guys. You listen to that, you listening to that 20% off and free shipping with the code huddle at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off with free shipping, guys, at manscaped.com. Remember to use the code huddle. Happy New Year to you and your family jewels. All right, guys. A couple quick things. Matters of business, and then we're going to grab Mike. Just a quick reminder follow the podcast on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. Also on Facebook. Some of you might have noticed yesterday we started an official Facebook page for the podcast. We have some fun, cool plans in store for you there. Uh, I'll grab the link at some point. I can just put it in the stream. But make sure you also, for those of you on Facebook, you're following the Huddle Up Podcast uh, Facebook page because it's going to be it's going to be a gas. Also, the main page you want to follow at Mile High Huddle on Twitter, and then also my partner here, Zach Kelberman, on Twitter at Kelberman NFL. Myself at Chad and Jensen, our producer at John K M H H. And then also gentle reminder, check out the merch store. If you're in a position to get your swag on, go to huddleuppod.com, get a hat, get a tee, get a hoodie, a little something, something to rep the brand, rep the color, so to speak, and also support what we're doing here at MHH. Also, here's your, here's your PSA reminder gang to become a supporter of mile high huddle on Facebook, because here we are, Zach, it's already hump day. We're already sitting here on Wednesday. Episode three of Calberman's corner is going to be here before you know it on Sunday. Zach and Kim have some some interesting topics, some great content, and a great show in the works for you on Sunday at noon, Mountain Time, 2 p.m. Eastern. But you can only access that if you're an official supporter on Facebook. The way you do that, you can see right here, facebook.com slash milehighhuddle, or just open up your phone, open up Facebook, type in at milehighhuddle, search it, you'll see us, follow the page, and then become a supporter. Click the big blue button, you'll be in like Flynn. Uh, Sunday at noon, episode three of Kelberman's Corner. And gang, if you're not in a position to do those things, it's all good. We're seriously just stoked to have you with us here tonight. We do ask, though, that you do these three things because each one of these three things are within your power to do. Subscribe, first and foremost. Like the video. You guys, you have no idea how much that helps us on YouTube and Facebook when you simply like it while you're watching it. And then number three is the litmus test. If we're doing a good job for you, share this video out there. Or if you see it on Twitter, us tweeting it or promoting the, the podcast, retweet it. All that stuff helps us grow and, and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. 
Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, without further ado, let's bring on superstar Mike Evans hey, in the house. Any, hey, any the brand like a hey. superstar. What's up, Mike? How are you? Good to see y'all. Good to there see you, go. too. Good to see you, man. We were just talking in the green room before we hit the old go live button that uh, – this is this is the third appearance for Mike on the Huddle Up podcast, which is a record amongst our great, phenomenal, awesome superstar community. And we just enjoy talking with you. So thanks for making some time for us. But the first thing's first. George Payton obviously hired last week to be the new GM succeeding John Elway in a job he held for a decade. We want to get to a couple of the topics that uh, are at hand, the hot button topics. But first and foremost, what was your reaction to the hiring yeah. – of George Payton. Well, you can obviously tell he's qualified. If you listen to his presentation, you know, he's talking about analytics. He's talking about building things to the draft. He's really talking about grinding and doing the work and being inclusive with the scouts and the coaching staff and being realistic about there will be times when he and Elway might have a level of friction, but that's to be expected and they'll work through it. So I thought he was a true professional. I was kind of a Fontenot guy just because the Saints have a long history and are a great roster. But when you see him speak, you're like, okay, I get it. This is why he was selected. Mike, you know, since we last spoke with you, I want to get, kind of get on to the present topics and the future topics. But what what is what was your opinion on how the Broncos ended the year? What did you make of Locke in the finale? Is there is their arrow pointing up to you? Is it pointing laterally, downward, retaining Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer? What's your assessment right now on January 20th of the Denver Broncos? And you're starting heavy. Okay, let me step What up I do. <laughs> you brought it. Okay. You know, I thought, I would say we put it flat. You know, I saw some positive things. I, I was pleased that Locke played better in the past and was more consistent, but it was also against the Raiders' defense. Raiders' defense isn't that strong. So I was, I was but I, for his own psyche, I'm glad he played well. I'm glad Jerry Judy played well. They yes. both needed it. So that was hugely important. Um, I was a little disappointed in the defense, even though we had a ton of lack of corners and defensive backs were out and our defense line was weak. 
I was still disappointed that we didn't find a way to win. So, I, you know, I'm going to be a half full guy. I think we, we did okay, but they left a lot to be desired a lot on the table. And I think what it's going to do is cause the, our new GM to make some hard calls early on because he's like, I can't afford for this um, talented young group of players not to get to the next level. That's my assessment. For what it's worth, as you know, Mike, both Zach and I, we were our, our number one guy was also Terry Fontenot, who ended up getting the GM job in Atlanta. We'll never know what could have been there. I think either one, the Broncos couldn't go wrong. I really don't think there was necessarily a wrong decision between Peyton and, and Terry Fontenot. But, you know, one of the things that uh, George Peyton's going to have to address in a relative hurry is the topic of Von Miller. Now, before Peyton accepted the job, he knew that that was going to be an issue he'd have to confront because even though Vaughn's under contract, it's a the Broncos hold a team option. And for those of you who don't know what that means, that means that the Broncos, even though Vaughn's under contract, they have the prerogative of either exercising that option and keeping him for 2021 or not exercising the option, which would then make him a, a free agent and, and open and free to sign anywhere. Then you throw another little fly in the ointment, which is he misses all of 2020 with that ankle slash foot slash ligament injury. And then the last one, which is potentially could be a a death knell, depending on how this thing develops. He is under criminal investigation by Parker police in Colorado. We don't know what the reason is. Uh, He has not been convicted or charged, excuse me, with a crime. And we're not on this show and and at MHH, we really strive to, to steer away from trying to speculate on what they could be investigating, but it is a criminal investigation and you don't know what direction that can go. And that could really color or affect how things shake out with the Denver Broncos. So with that stage being fully set, what's your, how do you think George Payton approaches this? Not only how you think George will do it, but what do you think is the best move to do with Vaughn? Yeah, I I think George is going to to make a business decision. I think he's going to have great respect for Vaughn's past, his, his, He's brought to the table, and he could still bring at 31 and coming off an injury. But from my perspective, Vaughn's roughly going to make $17 million, roughly. Uh, if it's me, I'm saying, Vaughn, we can offer 12 with $2 million in incentives, and that's what you have to take. Now, and that's in light of if the other things in the background of the police things uh, don't cause us to make a harder decision. That might have been based upon what the evidence that comes out. And I wasn't there. I'm not. I'm not going to go into what could have happened. But in my own mind, um, you know, he's not. I've watched Vaughn for years. I love him. He plays the run better than people talk about. He's a run stopper. Besides a sack artist, um, and I don't want to lose that. But based upon his age and productivity and how it's gone down, eight sacks the year prior. The year prior to that, he wasn't as strong as he used to be. And I've got guys like Ryan Kerrigan and other folks out there in the marketplace. I'm going to shoot a hard deal with Vaughn. Say, this is the best we can do. We want you to be a proper life, but this is the offer we, it, we, we're we going to offer you. It's, I have to take it or leave it, but we want to do what's best for the team because I've got Justin Simmons out there. I've got Shelby Harris out there. I've got other decisions. That's the call I would make. Mike, you know, while I got you here, I got to put you on the hot seat. You know, I'm sure you saw yesterday's pod. If you did, you know, we had Jason Cole on, you know, the Hall of Fame voter, veteran NFL writer for many years. I asked him point blank. I said, based on what you know, or just maybe an educated guess, where does Deshaun Watson play in 2021? Or the Broncos a player, you know, what's going on with that? What's going on with Drew Locke? 
as you well know, uh, Mike, I- I'm one of the five people on this planet who don't think the Denver Broncos should trade for Deshaun Watson. Supposedly, it would take at least three first-round picks, and I just don't think that's rooted in reality. I don't think Denver's going to do that. But what do you think? Would you make that move? Would you roll with Locke? Do you- where do you think Deshaun Watson will play this season? Yeah, because he's a top-five player, I've got to at least make play. It's it's about business. It's about talent. So it's talent management. I want to do everything I can to capture talent as long as it's reasonable. And for me, I would probably go the first this this year, the first next year, um, Drew Locke, and I hate to say it, but Jerry Judy because they need a receiver. Mm. And, yep, and to see if they bite. If they bite, I would make the the, the case because he's a top five quarterback, and now I can beat Mahomes. I can compete with San Diego, and I can be, compete with the Raiders. But without him, you know, Drew, you know, the numbers, we are what our record is. And Drew was ranked the 30th ranked, 29th ranked quarterback, something like that. I love Drew, but we can't win with that. So I, I, in my own mind, I want to give Drew a chance. I want to also have another quarterback in the stable. But if I, if I can't get Deshaun Watson, that would be the play I would make. We got a uh, suggestion here from Mark Langley, fellow superstar. He says, Mr. Evans needs his own podcast called Drop the Mic. His knowledge is above a mile high beyond. Good to see you, Mike. Awesome. Appreciate you, Mark. So, No lies detected there, Chad. Zero. Zero. Uh, Jay Roper, he says, hey, Mike, great to see you. If you had to guess our timeline to be a Super Bowl contending team, what would you say? You can also throw in scenarios into your answer. So if you had to, you know, I mean, this was actually a question that was in a different form, but similar uh, fielded to uh, to George Payton yesterday, and his answer he didn't want to put any kind of timeline on it, anything. But what what's your take? Yeah, I, I think we're going to win nine games next year. I'm going to be. I'm a fan. I'm a Broncos fan. That's who I am. And I think we're going to move forward. I think George is going to help us take positive step forward. Uh, and I think our young players are going to get better. I think that we're a nine win uh, uh, team next year, and hopefully we keep moving to get to eleven. So I think two to three years, I hope we compete for the Super Bowl. I can't say we're going to be in the Super Bowl, but we should be competitive in a playoff team for three years. You would think, Zach, that at some point the law of averages is going to kick in here. I mean, five years of a playoff drought, which – and then you know four of those in a row, of course, being sub-500. It's unprecedented, not only in Broncos canon, but in – I mean, you could go all the way back to the 60s in the, in the early, early to maybe find a, a, a facsimile – but in terms of the Super Bowl era, it's never happened before that a team won five seasons. I got to think that the law of averages is, is going to help the Broncos out at least a little bit here in terms of, you know, something's got to give. The Broncos, I think it was interesting if you look at some of the reporting guys that uh, Mike Kliss has done, which credit to Mike, he did a great job putting uh, some, some great insight and, and inside information out there during the Broncos GM search. And one of the things we, we learned from Mike's reporting was that – the Broncos were not going to accept another sub whether or not whether or not uh, John Elway stepping down was voluntary. Did I just did we just have a weird thing on the screen? Did you guys see that? We did. Yeah, a little bit. We did. All right. So anyway, your thoughts on uh, the issue, Zach and and Mike, and I'll serve this over to you real quick here. But the topic of Elway, what do you expect to see happen? I'll, I'll keep it with you, Mike, since we only have you for a few more minutes. Yeah. What do you expect to see with Elway from here on out? Do you think he's really going to? keep out from meddling with, with Peyton. I, I, listen, I, I respect that he knew it was time for him to take a step back. Uh, and I know that probably he's got an ego. You know, he does, that wasn't easy for him. Um, and, and he knows the kind of 
person George Payton is. So he knows that, that he's a person of his word. I think he will do the right thing. I think he will give the, the appropriate insight and advice and wisdom, but he's got to trust the guy he hired to make the big call. And I, I, I think the process will work. I'm sure there will be friction at certain points in time, but he hired George for a reason. He's got to let him run with the ball. That's a really good way of putting it, running with the ball, giving him that freedom to run with the rock and, and make it, you know, his his job and, and be the the RB1, you know, so to speak. And he mentioned that today, Chad, when he talked about or, or Elway talked about in the presser yesterday about Von Miller and Simmons. He said, George is going to work on both those situations. He has to learn about it. I'm just a sounding board. You know, he can come to me for advice and he can come to me for ideas and what he thinks about the players. But this is his team now. So. I tend to think as well, this is not just uh, putting lipstick on a pig. Elway is on his way out, and George Payton is the GM, not just in title only, but in, in action as well. All right, Mike, I've got one more for you. It pertains to the NFL draft. We kind of know your thoughts on Drew. I think it sounds like you're kind of in the camp of if you're George Payton and you're the Broncos and you actually have within striking distance, meaning you can reasonably, realistically – actually get your hands on an upgrade at quarterback, you take that upgrade. But do you see one out there, A, and B, does that inform what you think will happen in the first round of the draft? What do you expect to see the Broncos do? I still – we have a crying, screaming need for cornerbacks. I mean, it's – it's you know, he can't run this offense or his defense unless he's got some folks in the back end. So I, I think that's going to be the most logical, most likely play that we get a corner at, at nine. Uh, unless they're in, in their process, they see something that's that, and there's an opportunity to move up to be a quarterback. I don't see any other position that I see them move up for. Uh, you know, I, you know, we don't have a dire need for wide receiver anymore. I, I think our offensive line is getting better, uh, and I don't think there's a defense alignment in the draft that says we've got to move up three spots to take take them. I think we're going to stick at nine, get a quarterback, unless there's a, there's some um, crying need for uh, a a quarterback and I don't see that happening. I mean, you could argue inside linebacker, but I agree with Mike that cornerback, you, you, at least you have two inside linebackers already. You literally don't have cornerbacks. And I actually agree with what, you know, I, it's not my preference, but what Christy is saying here, trade back. After yesterday's presser with what Peyton said, he, he basically admitted he likes to stockpile capital. And he did that yeah. with the Vikings. And he draft picks are gold. And I don't know how many more times he has to tell you he's not trading for Deshaun Watson. He'd rather hoard the draft capital than get rid of it. So trading back, if the guy he wants, Whoever that may be is not on the board at seven or eight or going into nine. They might, like Christie said, trade back and get another second round pick, get a third round pick, and have more darts to throw, as he put it, Chad, at the dartboard. Mike, how much do you really focus on the draft in terms of? I know you, you know you're listening to the podcast, and I'm sure you read blogs and different things as well, and MHH milehighhuddle.com. But how much of the draft, you know, when it comes to getting to know the class, or at least how the first round is shaping up, the names to know, the players, the prospects, and all that. How much do you pay attention there? And on top of that, last one, then we'll then we'll let you go. Sure. Uh, who's your number one corner? If if indeed it ends up being a corner, who's the guy you're pining for? Uh, the certain out of uh, Alabama. You know, I think he's got the family lineage that that says you know he from a kid all the way to being a teen and, and beyond. He, he's he's lived the life. He's seen the life. He knows the life. So I, I think that there's a kid Farley that's I think out of Virginia Tech that's be good. Yeah. You know, I'm not very strong after round three, so I'm out. You ask me anything <laughs> after that. 
<laughs> but the, I, I think those two guys are, are the ones I see pop up the most. And I think uh, you know, I got faith in Vic and Ed Donatel and, and that scouting team to, to pick the right folks for us uh, in that, that, that process. On offense, you know, I, I'm not a Shermer fan, so I'm not going to go there. Yeah. Not like I'm not a hater, but I don't yeah. I have some concerns about how he does things. But, uh, you know, I've got faith in how our ability to pick defensive players. All right. Well, Mike, seriously, my friend, so great talking with you. We'll look forward to getting you back on the show here in the very, very near future. Guys, make sure you follow Mike on Twitter. He's a good follow. <clears throat> Trust on that. As you can see on the screen, at DM Evans, and then the number's 32, all in a row, no underscores, at DM Evans, 32. Mike, thank you so much for not only joining Thanks, us, guys. but for – what you do for this community, what you do for the show, what you do for, for Mile High Huddle. We just appreciate you so much, my friend. And honestly, it's a joy talking with you. It really, it yeah. really is. We, we look Always. forward to these opportunities. So thanks for making some time for everything you do, man. I appreciate it. appreciate this, family. Thanks, everybody. All right. Thanks, Mike. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. That's the real Mike Evans right there. That guy in Tampa Bay chat, that, that's a loser. This is the real Mike Evans, the real OG right there. Yeah, even uh, the, the the morning host, right, Mark uh, Mark Schlereth's uh, partner on, yeah, on the fan. Evans. And definitely we have the one true Hall of Famer, and and that's the MHH, Mike Evans. So much love to to Mike. He seriously is – he really is a, uh, a joy to talk to, and uh, we, we love bringing him on. But I thought – one of the most knowledgeable guys real quick about Mike before we move on to the topics that we talked about, you know, we don't say this lightly, but he is one of the most insightful Broncos fans, not media members or analysts, Broncos fans. He could easily, he has a hoodie on already. He can easily take my job. I mean, he knows what he's talking about. Great follow on Twitter. Great Bronco fan. I I cannot recommend Mike highly enough. Great guy. I thought it was interesting kind of his take on drew toward the end. And I think of the season that is, I think you can kind of tell there that, you know, I think Mike, who's very fair and he's pretty pragmatic in the way he views as a fan, as 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 a Broncos fan, he's pretty pragmatic in the way he views the issues. And I think that uh, 
it might be a, a lot more of a harbinger to what to what's going to come here than than people might realize. In that, you know, Drew did show some flashes, but it was obviously, as he said, you know, if you're if you're let's just say if you're bottom five ranked quarterback, you can't win with that. All right, and I know it's not always about the stats, and I know that you got to include so many other components, both the tangible and intangible, when it comes to analyzing, evaluating quarterbacks' value to a team, but you can't you can't argue with that, Zach. If your quarterback is a bottom five guy, you can't win. Can't win with a bottom five coaching staff as well. And you know, even Mike <laughs> said he's not a he's not a Pat Shermer fan. And it's for the same reason. I mean it it, it works both ways and it's not it was never one culprit. It was both of them. But even George Payton said himself, Chad, in his presser yesterday we all want a franchise quarterback, of course, but you don't necessarily need one in order to win. And that struck me as the Broncos have the pieces around Drew Locke, and if they can just get him to that next level, they can win with him and not just in spite of him. Guys, so much more to get to tonight. Um, we haven't even gotten one super chat yet. We've got one from the queen who came in off the top rope. We're going to get to to Christy here in just one moment. But first, we do have to say thank you to Another one of our great sponsors of tonight's live stream podcast, sportsbetting.com. Again, guys, kind of on the, the theme of new year, new me. Look, if you want to make watching the NFC and AFC championship games a little more interesting or the Super Bowl or the NBA, sportsbetting.com, similarly to the way fantasy football works, if, you, if you're playing for money in fantasy, that is, it helps kind of raise the stakes, make it more fun, make it more interesting. And in Colorado right now, you got gambling is legalized. Sportsbetting.com is the destination for you, and here's why. You get sharp odds, low juice, all right? They make their own odds. They're not a third-party provider of odds, meaning they're not scanning around the Internet to see what some of their competitors are doing for odds and then using that on their site. No, nope, they make their own odds. Uh, that results in reduced juice, and the best price is also you get hassle-free bonuses that you can roll over after one time, and that is so crucial compared to so many of their competitors out there that make you have to bet it five to 30 times before you can cash out or access the very money that you received in a bonus. And then the third thing is you get the 24-7 live customer support, always a real person in the United States. And, Zach, we talk about this all the time, that what it involves anything that has to do with the dollar-dollar bills, and you have a question, you need to be able to, you want to be able to talk to a real human being, and sportsbetting.com does that for you. But the kicker is this, right now, after you make your first deposit, sportsbetting.com will double your deposit up to 300 bucks. That's $300 in free bet credits. You got the NBA rolling right now as well, plus what remains in the NFL playoffs. So head on over to sportsbetting.com slash mile high huddle. That is sportsbetting.com slash mile high huddle and capitalize on up to $300 in free bet credits and kick 2021 off on the right foot. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. 
Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine, they pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, John, do we have uh, do we have Christy? Let's let's grab Christy if you have her. My stream, I haven't really been looking at the stream because I was oh. so uh, locked in with with Mike here. But the Queen, <laughs> as she is so as she is wont to do, when she makes her presence felt, she makes her presence felt, and you know she she's another foundational member of this community and. Honestly, this show, Huddle Up Podcast, Mile High Huddle, what it has become, especially on our podcast and our, our video stuff, I don't know, Zach, that it would uh, be what it is today without Christie's not just her her uh, support, but literally. I mean, this is how she supports the cause. She she allows us uh, the, the means to continue to devote time, energy, and real man hours to providing everyone this content, all of our superstars. That's why we value you and love you so much. And Christy's right at the forefront. We missed you too, but golly, Christy is, is she's hall of fame. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned her presence, Chad and and her, her, the absence of her presence was felt Christy when you weren't, you know, tuning into our last couple podcasts, but great to have you back. We love you so much. And, you know, just you being in the chat with us, just your aura and the, and your energy and just the vibe that you project outwardly. It's just a pleasure. And we're so grateful for you. Thank you so much, Christy. Much love to you, my friend. Um, Muhammad, MHH male model. By the way, we should get Muhammad on the show. Muhammad, if you ever want to be on the podcast on a superstar segment, reach out to us. It'd be fun to pick your brain and, and see some of your uh, insights on the on the topics at hand. Appreciate that super sticker, my friend. And it's every day, every single podcast. Um, in fact, it was Muhammad. You know, we had the, the, the little anecdote I'll share with you guys. Muhammad, uh, in the in the days leading up to episode one of Kelberman's Corner, all right, he knew full well that it was coming. He had subscribed. He went over to Facebook to become a supporter, and he reaches out to me. He DMs me. What's there? He is, and he goes, "Hey, dude, uh, don't you think you ought to be like really promoting this Kelberman's Corner a little bit harder than you are?" And I'm like, "Damn, son." He was right. I'm like, "Dang, I got to step my game up." Because he's like, "Hey, I'm not sure the community knows exactly what they need to know in order to." you know, that this great content's coming down the pike, the show you got going and he, he lit a fire underneath me. And that's what I'm talking about, man. It's like, you know, t- uh, not just uh, the support and the, and super chatted and all that, but I mean like taking ownership and like being a part of, of this whole thing. So I hope, you know, Muhammad, that I did appreciate that. I didn't take that as any kind of, you know, slide or shot across the bow. It was a, it was a good reminder. So much love to you, dog. Checks in the mail, Mo. Thank you. All right. Uh, John, do we have any other supers that are waiting? If not, we can we can that have been waiting. Otherwise, we can get into some content here. Mike, what's up? The, the Broncos Wizard, appreciate the super, my friend. Hope you've had a great start to your 2021, and uh, you know, congrats on everything going on with your podcast and what's going on in your life as well, my friend. He says, "Hey, y'all want to hear some good news for 2021? Yeah, drop it, dude. What's the good news? Let us know. Let us know, my brother. Appreciate you." 
Uh, Isaiah eleven twenty seven. Good to see you, my brother. This is a guy that's come on strong. I'll say somewhere during the 2020 uh, football season, Isaiah really, really came on strong as a superstar. So Isaiah, this isn't the first time I've mentioned it, but you should reach out to us. Milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Give us your personal deets. Let us send you out a t-shirt as a thank you for all this, all your dedication and your support. But Zach, he says, fellas, um, say, do we release Vaughn? Do we dare draft uh, to fill his spot or really draft to improve our team? Thoughts? Hashtag MHH fam. Much love. Zach, are you ready to draft a, an edge in the first round of the Broncos? Unfortunately, do end up cutting bait with Vaughn. No, I mean, they have Malik Reed, who they developed out of kind of out of nowhere. He was an undrafted free agent. I, I mean, Vic can make do if they have to platoon outside linebackers to replace Vaughn Miller. I don't think Vaughn's going anywhere, though. I mean, uh, George Payton gave comments to Mike Kliss after his presser yesterday, and he acknowledged that Vaughn is a pillar of the Broncos franchise. He understands how valuable he is to the organization. And he's still gathering facts about the criminal investigation, but he understands the significance of Vaughn on and off the field to the Denver Broncos, to the fan base. The first inclination I have to think is to keep Vaughn, maybe like Mike said, in a reduced capacity, you come to him and offer him a reduced contract with some incentives built in that he can earn back. And if he's, if he wants to, Hold true to his Broncos commitment. He will be okay with that. Making a lot of money still. He didn't play last season, and he can help the team out a little bit. I think they try to bring him back. And even if they don't, though, I'm not investing a first-round pick in a position that's not exactly dire. Like Mike laid out, cornerback is dire. They literally don't have any. Yeah. You know, if I'm if I'm the Denver Broncos, and one thing to keep in mind is all NFL teams, their security department, I mean, they do, they, they're, let's just say their tentacles go a lot farther than a lot of people realize. And it wouldn't surprise me if they have contacts out there in different police departments and stuff where they can maybe get a hint as to what the nature of this investigation might be. But depending on what that is, because that's the, that's the, you know, the domino that has to fall. We got to know what, what, not necessarily how it's going to resolve, but we got to know what that key issue is. Cause if he, it results in a charge, depending on the seriousness of it, like, you know, that's, you you, got to turn the page depending on the, on the seriousness of it. But if no charge comes or you find out that it's what, what they might be investigating is maybe a little bit lower on the, you know, I mean, if it's crime, it's obviously still unacceptable, but if it's something lower and I don't want to speculate, then maybe you come to them and you say, um, you know, you put together an extension. Cause I agree with, I agree with Mike, maybe they get a resolution on the whole Vaughn thing with the Parker PD in the next couple of weeks, time will tell. But I agree with Mike that I come to him because I need to, I need to, I need to lower Vaughn's 2021 cap hit. But what I would change is instead of just coming to him and saying, here's an offer, 12, 13 million, some, you know, here's a couple million you can earn back through incentives as well. Instead of doing that, I, I say, look, yeah, we want you to take some less money, but in return, we're going to give you two or three additional years on your contract and allow you the opportunity to potentially retire as a Denver Bronco, depending on, of course, your own, you know, whatever your your goals are. I don't. We don't know how long Vaughn plans on playing, but he's going to be 32 in March. George Payton has to tread carefully here, though, Zach, because this is a future Hall of Fame player and an iconic figure in Broncos can. And I mean, one of the top five, top 10 at worst Broncos of all time. 
I think he's off to a better start than Vic Fangio, though. I mean, he came out in his first comments on Vaughn publicly where he's a pillar of the franchise and he recognizes his greatness. And what Vic Fangio do in his introductory presser, he challenged Vaughn Miller to be better than he was the previous season. So I think he does know, and I think the first instinct, and I think Elway maybe passed this along to Peyton in the interview process, try to work something out. I think releasing him or trading him should be an ultimate panic button last resort move for Denver. Mike, here's his his good news for 2021. Another wizard will be joining the world September 2021. Congrats, my friend. That's awesome. You know what? Hey, we we share that. Our families, the Mike and Chad families here, we're we're taking what it says in the Bible serious, multiplying, replenishing the earth. We're taking that serious. I'm not going to betray anything Mike doesn't want necessarily out there public, but let's just say – you know, we're, we're the fathers of more than one kid. All right, let's just put it that way. Congrats on that, my friend. By the way, this is some news. I know those of you, I don't know if I've talked about it on the pod. I know I've talked about it on the pod that I've got a baby coming in 2021 as well. But on Facebook, if those of you who are connected with me on Facebook, I only use my personal Facebook for personal stuff. Rarely, those of you who are connected with me, you don't see me talking Broncos there. I just use it for family and keeping in touch with friends and members of the community. I'm not really talking Broncos, but... If you're connected with me, you saw that in December, we did this gender reveal. It was, we were told by our doctor there was a 75% chance that it was going to be a girl. Well, it turns out yesterday we go in for the actual, like the most um, uh, comprehensive, I guess you can say. I'm not an expert in this in this field. Uh, ultrasound where they measure, make sure everything's looking good with the baby, and they look at everything. Turns out this kid was just at the wrong angle. This is Definitely a boy. This is not a girl. This is a boy coming to to Clan Jensen in 2021. So, Mike, congrats on that, my friend. And uh, ours is coming in June. Yours will be, you know, a few months behind. They'll be two. They'll be a year separated in school. So, for what it's worth, that's that's cool, though, man. Yeah. God bless you, Chad. God bless you, Mike. And let's give some love in the comments, guys. Let's give a mile high salute to uh, the new members of Broncos country coming to us this season. We got also, and then we'll we'll dive into some stuff here from uh, that Peyton said that I want to get your take on Zach, JT from across the pond. Awesome. Here's the sticker. Now I know he put in a couple of stickers here that I can see in the stream, but uh, his super sticker says "Keep it up." And uh, JT, we just really appreciate you, man. And JT is a, a longtime listener. Like he's been with MHH on the podcast years i mean he's been listening for years and a longtime supporter as far as when we started doing these live streams and super chat and all that jt love you my friend his comment here is in an actual super chat he says love from across the pond best community in football we love hearing that zach yeah and uh jt mentioned on twitter chat i don't know if you saw that he he might want to come on the show if it's possible he understands that the time constraints with the you know over the pond and the time difference can be challenging but jt we'd love to have you on so uh, we'll be in contact huh chad yeah, absolutely. It'd be great. I know uh, in terms of making it work um, with outside of, of the U.S., we've had Terry on from Canada. We had, before we brought James on as staff, we had James on, uh, James Campbell from the U.K., just like JT. We just have to structure it in a time that's going to work for it. Well, you know, we we do these live streams six to seven mountains. So what is that? I want to say there's seven hours ahead. So that's we hours in the morning for you, JT. So really it just comes down to, are you down to stay up that late to come on the show? Cause we definitely, definitely want to have you. So uh, bring Mike, reach out, DM me for what it's worth, JT. And we can, we can make some arrangements for that. But uh, did we have another one from Mike there, John? I missed it there. Here he is. He says, my wife says I'm not allowed to name it Mundungus. 
Yeah, d- definitely uh, would be a bad call if it's, especially if it's a if it's a girl, right? You don't want you don't want her coming to the world as Mundungus. So that's awesome, bro. Love you, buddy. Appreciate you. Um, all right, I know there's one or two more, John, that are in there. So let me just let me just pause supers for a sec. Zach, one of the uh, let me let me just pull this up real quick here. In terms of George Payton's introductory presser, did you how big of an omen or harbinger did you take? from the fact that once again, John Elway botched an introduction. <laughs> if you didn't, in case you missed it, gang, I can play the clip, but I, I'm not really, I don't really want to. He said, here's exactly what he said. Quote, I will at this time introduce George Patrick or George Payton to everybody. Your thoughts? Because a lot of fans reached out to me going, oh, that's, that's, that's a bad omen, dude. Well, no, I mean, he just had Tim Patrick. Like we all do. We're all obsessed with Tim Patrick's. No, I, it, it harkened back to me to the Case Keesum thing when he introduced Keenum as the quarterback, but it's Elway, you know, the, he has his dalliances, we shall say. He has his indulgences, and uh, I'm not going to say that he was that, but it's just Elway being Elway. I don't. I take it as a, uh, a decent omen that he can overcome that George Payton and be his own general manager and kind of escape from Elway's limelight. <laughs> a little too Anyone, here's a theory I have. All right. Anyone who's a parent or even growing up, if you had more than one sibling, all right, everyone has experienced, whether as a parent or as a kid, you know, your mother going, uh, Billy, get over, uh, Joey, come here, uh, John, get over here, right? All these different names but bouncing around in the brain. I know I have that problem sometimes with my kids. I say the wrong, I mean, blah, blah, blah. Maybe he just had Patrick on the brain because of. Patrick Smythe, who is the chief's communication officer, uh, the, the the chief of PR for the Broncos. Here, here's what I said. All right, this is what I wrote in the article today. Is that quote uh, the most flattering interpretation possible? Uh, Elway could have meant, "I will at this time introduce George." Hey, by the way, Patrick Smith, I will at this time introduce George Payton to everybody because now you're signaling to Patrick Smythe, excuse me, um, not Smith, time to uh, put put George on the screen. I don't know. That's the most flattering way possible. I think it was just a quintessential classic Elway slip. And what I read off it, Zach is just simply that it's, it's past time for him to, to step down at the <laughs> right time. Yeah. I was going to say the only thing we can read into is it's the last time it's ever going to happen with Elway mispronouncing someone's name at a podium. All right, let's get to a few specifics here. So I thought this was interesting. What Peyton said about Drew Locke. Uh, and the, the way the question was posed to him, forgive me, I, I forget which, which member of the media asked the question, but something to the effect of his, his evaluation on Drew and, you know, is, is, has he seen enough from Drew to – is he going to be the guy in 2021? Quote, I liked Drew coming out of the draft, big arm, athletic, playmaker. I haven't studied him. I haven't gotten into a lot of tape. I've only been here four days. I've watched enough tape to know he's talented and he can develop – but I can't comment on your second question in terms of the future. Hey, look at that, Zach. I mean, we're, we're speaking the, we're on the same uh, promo code training. huddle. 20% then goes, off free shipping. <laughs> then he says this quote, the quarterback is the most important position in sports. If you don't have stability at quarterback, you're going to have a hard time sustaining winning. I think we all want the franchise quarterback. And that's the number one goal is trying to draft and develop or acquire any way you can. When I was in Minnesota, I think we went to the playoffs with six different quarterbacks, if I'm not mistaken. That's not ideal, but you can still win if you don't have the franchise guy. You can still win, but obviously, and then here's the key, we're looking, close quote. 
I thought it was a very honest assessment, and he's saying, you know, again, like I mentioned this earlier, everyone wants that franchise guy, and he was careful not to mention Deshaun Watson because he can't mention him due to tampering rules. Everyone wants the top five guy, of course, but it's not realistic in the NFL. You're not going to have all pros at every spot. But what he said there is you can still win. It may be not ideal if you don't have the franchise guy, but look at, you know, the Brad Johnson back in the days, the Trent Dilfer type of quarterbacks, even Jimmy Garoppolo last year. You can get by with an above average starting quarterback. You don't have to have a Deshaun Watson. It'd be great. That's what I took out of it, Chad. And again, it kind of harkens back to what I was saying about the sleeping giant comment. I don't think George Payton says that right off the bat, unless he feels like Drew Locke can be molded into that above average guy that they can win with and potentially sustain success with. I think it basically he's telegraphed up to this point that he likes Drew. I think that was one of the requisites for have, for getting this job is Elwave and Fangio and Ellis were looking for a guy who kind of was at least – on the same plane with them on Drew. But that doesn't mean he's not looking for an upgrade. Again, and I I kind of postured my question to Mike Evans when he was on with this earlier in this way, that if George Payton truly sees an upgrade to Drew, like right now it's an upgrade. This guy would immediately upgrade the position, and it's reasonably within striking distance, meaning you're not giving up five first-round picks to get it. You're not trading up from nine to two and giving up the farm mortgaging for the next you know two or three years. If it's reasonably, and that could mean, to answer the question here from Jacob on Facebook, he says, if Peyton falls in love with the QB in the draft like Zach Wilson, do you guys see him trading up if he falls past the Falcons at, at pick four? And thank you, Jacob, for, for the question, my friend. That includes that. You know, if, if a guy like Wilson, if Peyton honestly views Zach Wilson as an immediate upgrade to Drew and he's within striking distance, that's a, that's a move I could see him making. I'm just not convinced that he views any of these quarterbacks outside of maybe Trevor Lawrence as a day one upgrade. Thus, I think that kind of tells you what he'll end up doing. That doesn't mean he doesn't upgrade the position in terms of the depth, like bringing in an Andy Dalton, like your article, Zach, but I don't think he necessarily sells out to go get a Zach Wilson like Jacob's wondering here. Well, I think he likes Drew Locke, but he doesn't know if he loves Drew Locke just yet. He has to do more study on him, and I don't think he knows if he likes any or loves any quarterback that's not on the Broncos roster just yet. He has to do the evaluations, and something that he keeps mentioning and something that Elway mentioned, which is true, he's still getting in the building. He's still literally setting up his office, meeting with the coaches, meeting with the players, getting the lay of the land down. The last thing he's done is start the tape study on the draft, on Zach Wilson, on Drew Locke. He is getting to that, but he sees what the Broncos have already in Locke, and he said, if we can find a better guy at any spot, not just quarterback, if we can find a better player, we will get that player, no matter if it's a veteran or a rookie. So if he deems that Locke can be upgraded on, and he deems Zach Wilson that the cost of the trade is not prohibitive, he will make that move. But he has to have enough conviction and enough certainty to do that. He's only going to do that unless he's a hundred percent sure there's no half measures anymore in dove valley at all it's a hundred or zero billy ray jumping in on facebook appreciate you joining us tonight billy he says uh you cannot undervalue the most important position on the field you got to do whatever you got to do to upgrade the position no matter how good your team is if your quarterback play is below average and uh you're not winning in this league and i think that's exactly where he's at but the question billy ray is you don't just swing to swing in hopes that you get an upgrade. Like you have to truthfully believe that a guy is an upgrade. And I'm just not sure quite yet. We got to see how some of the offseason continues to unfold, some of the news and rumors and things that that are going to pick up. He views anyone quite in that vein, Zach. 
We don't know yet, and I don't think he knows yet. He has to do the study, and, he, and it takes time. And he saw Locke's film coming out of Missouri. He saw him in the pre-draft process, and then he focused on his own quarterback, which was Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. Now that he's in Denver, he's focusing on Drew Locke, who's the quarterback for the here and now. But again, if he deems anyone a veteran or a rookie an upgrade, he will make his best play to go out and get that guy for the betterment of the team. I want to grab this one from Savage Boy Kev over on Twitch. He wants to know what we think about Asante Samuel Jr. It's crazy to me. Like Patrick Sertan Jr., I go, all right, yeah, I, I believe that, you know, uh, uh, Patrick Sertan Jr. is of age to be entering the NFL. Asante Samuel Jr., it doesn't seem like he's been he's old enough to have a kid that old, but indeed he does. Florida State corner. And uh, Savage Boy, I'm not going to lie to you and pretend I know all that much about uh, Samuel Jr., but we can look into that. And what I would tell you is, and this is a reminder, Friday night, all right, we are – it's not going to be the uh, usual Dove Valley Deep Divers. Of course, Eric and Lance are going to be on the show. But we're going to be holding our 2021 Mile High Huddle Draft Primer sponsored by Manscaped. And we're going to go around the, the horn to every single uh, draft analyst. And Zach and I, we've, we're doing our research too to be included in this, to have some uh, – some. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner some skin in the game, so to speak, and kind of start getting everybody in the community and our audience acclimated and up to speed on who some of these names are. And you hear Zach and I say this all the time on the show. I'll speak for myself. The way I learn the most about each and every draft class is through the articles and that guys like Eric, Nick, Lance, Carl, Luke, that they write on each and every one of these prospects. So uh, Samuel's a guy, Zach, I don't know a lot about right this second off the top of my head, but in the near future, uh, I promise you that I will. It makes me feel old. And, and let me just say, I actually ran into Asante Samuel, you know, senior down in Florida. I was at a gun range and uh, a shooting range down in South Florida with my dad. He couldn't have been a nicer guy, Asante Samuel. Just a very jovial, personable guy. Didn't act like he was a big hotshot NFL player. At that time, he had that allure to him. He was one of the better cornerbacks in the NFL. But just a little quick aside, I hope his son does well in the NFL. But like you, I'm not, you know, I'm not chewing his tape 24-7. I know that uh, to since you mentioned twenty four seven, I know twenty four seven sports projects him going in the first round of this draft. So Ooh. we'll see. 
Uh, Kenneth wants to know, Kenneth Booker, superstar, love you, buddy. By the way, Kenneth, we've never had you on the show. Uh, the time has come. We're opening things up. If you'd be interested in coming on and having a conversation, we'd love to have you reach out. You know how to how to DM or shoot me an email, Zach and I, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to have you on the show. But he says, should we trade for Marcus Lattimore out of New Orleans, who is, of course, a stud corner, but – I think the cost on that, once again, you know, you're giving up your number nine overall pick no matter what if you try and get Lattimore. And then you would, of course, probably have to pony up a new contract. You're going to. Yeah, he's going to want a mega contract. And I I got this question on Twitter. I don't know if it was you, Kenneth, or somebody else, and it was just coincidence. But I'm just going to stay at nine and draft Sertan or draft Caleb Farley and save my other capital and save the money it would cost. And I understand why the question's popping up, Chad, because New Orleans is projected to be in salary cap hell this offseason. And they're going to want to maybe trade off some assets with Drew Brees likely retiring. I just don't see the value, as good as he is, in trading for Marshawn Lattimore, multiple draft picks, a big contract. You can stay at nine, draft a premier blue-chip cornerback, and he'd be on a rookie deal for three seasons, only one draft pick. That's the way I would go for it. Hey, Stu, this is awesome, dude. Seriously, props to you. This is Stu, longtime listener and supporter of MHH. He says, the Huddle Up podcast keeps me out of opiate addiction because I listen on my way to the program every morning. Keeps me going. Dude. Props to you. I know yes. that is not easy. I have several. I'll just put it this way. There's several people in uh, in my personal life that this very addiction has touched over the years. And I've seen what it, how tough it is uh, to overcome that. So congratulations to you for, I don't know how far along you are in your process, but I know it's not easy. And especially in today's day and age where, you know, you, you break a nail and go to the doctor and they're like, here, you know, here's some pills. It's that easy in so many different places to, to get for people to get hands on this. And naively they get caught up and they don't even realize until they're like, Oh, I better stop. And then they realize they're addicted. So definitely big props to you, my friend. And uh, seriously, if you, if, if I can ever help you on something like that, you need a little, you know, a little juice, a little inspiration, a little motivation, anything like that. You reach out to me, man, on Twitter. I know we're connected. So by all means, feel free to, to reach out to me at any time. Yeah, God bless, Stu. Mile high salute to you for that, and I keep going, man. Keep pushing. Uh, Lorenzo, who is one of our Facebook supporters, he goes, hey, guys, can you welcome my friend Susie Alcala to the huddle? Absolutely. What's up, Susie? Good to see you. Welcome. Hope you stick around. Um, All right, John, I know uh, we got a couple more here, and then we can – where are we? We're at 53 minutes. Jeez, time flies when you're having fun. Um, We have Mike Evans on. Time just zooms by. True. Simon, thank you for that super chat. Here is a great listener up there north of the 49th parallel that proves Broncos country, just like JT and so many of you listening now. is It's not a geographic location. It's a state of being, baby. And Simon says, hello, all. Any concern about how a lot of blue chip prospects the Broncos could be interested in at pick nine have not played this year? Should the Broncos trade down or take a player with lower ceiling if they played this year? Um, I'm not so worried about that. I'll be frank with you. If it's an offensive lineman who opted out and it's a, we're talking about a premium round pick, I'm a little bit more concerned, but I don't worry too much about, you know, um, Caleb Farley. I don't worry too much about Micah Parsons because they opted out. It's a concern. I'm not saying dismiss it out of hand, but you know, if I do my research and I, I watch my pro days of Penn state and I watch my pro days 
Because the pro days this year are going to be very different, Zach, in terms of tradition. Scouts are probably not going to be on site there watching it with their own eyes, but teams, college schools, I should say, are going to make access for the scouting community as best they can in a virtual sense. So if it looks like dude's in good shape, if you have your virtual meeting with these guys, you know, because they are going to set up combine meetings, but they're going to be virtual and the boxes get checked, that's not going to hold me back. If I, if Micah Parsons is there at nine or Caleb Farley, whichever guy, that's, that's not going to, that's not going to phase me. No, they've shown enough. And the little kid in me wants to point out that you said Simon says. So, <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all right, John, any, any uh, others we haven't gotten to? If not, I want to grab a couple more things that uh, Peyton said here. Jess, good to see you, bro. Appreciate you, my friend. Another guy that's just come on strong of late. Uh, he says, the losing stops now. Let's go, Broncos. Hey, brother, we uh, we feel good. I'm with, I'm with Mike in terms of outlook. I'm thinking, you know, if you set your sights at around nine wins, depending on the moves that are made and depending on what happens at the quarterback position. But even if no change comes, like even if they don't bring in a veteran and they roll with Drew Locke and Brett Rippon at quarterback, I got to believe that a true offseason, a true preseason, and I doubt the preseason actually unfolds the way it has traditionally. But I do think NFL teams are going to really try to stick to their guns on OTAs because they, you know, as long as, long as the same protocols that they uh, honored during the season are in place, for OTAs, why couldn't you do it safely for for everybody? So, I, I'm inclined to believe the Broncos. You know, the tickers the tickers definitely pointing upward. Yeah, I mean, if you get average quarterback play with fewer injuries and no pandemic, and Vic Fangio's defense playing to their potential with the retained pieces that they hopefully are going to resign in Simmons and, and Shelby Harris, they can be a nine win team if they get good quarterback play or great quarterback play. They can be a double digit win team, Chad, especially now with seven. Playoff seats. There's seven teams that can go to the postseason. The Broncos can definitely vie for that next season. I agree with Mike. A couple years away from competing for a title, not being contenders right away, but competing to be a contender. They're getting to that point. It's a process, but they have the right guy steering the ship now, Chad, and George Payton. Eric on Facebook says, excuse me, hey, guys, I'm proud to be a new supporter of your show. Well, thank you. Welcome. We do appreciate it. And if by that you mean you're an official Facebook supporter, don't forget Sunday noon, Zach Kelberman, episode three of Kelberman's Corner with Zach and with Kim Becker. So you'll be you'll have access to that. But he says, I really enjoy listening to your guys' input and insight. I'm partial to inside linebackers. We've been more than lacking there since the Super Bowl. I really wanted Denver to trade up for Isaiah Simmons last year. I hope we have a shot at Micah Parsons this year. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. I really appreciate that. Both of us do, Eric. Appreciate you supporting us, buddy. Um, You know, I'm – look, you said something, Zach, that kind of cut to the quick for me, and that is that Mike as well. Look, the big hole is corner. For whatever Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson might lack in terms of the sideline to sideline twitch, uh, you know, covering tight ends and all that, they are competent, reliable NFL starters. Each of them started all 16 games last year in Vic Fangio's defense. So, you know, I'm not going to shed any tears as Eric's saying. If you end up landing in Micah Parsons at pick nine, man, you don't. You just don't look that gift horse in the mouth. 
Yeah, I, I, that's, I feel like the Broncos, and this is my argument against trading back, and this is my argument, you know, usually when you have a top 10 pick, you're pretty much guaranteed, if you have holes throughout your roster, if you don't need just one player, you're guaranteed for a blue chipper to land in your lap. So there's a high probability, if not a quarterback, the Broncos can leverage another tr- uh, team with that a cornerback like Sertan or Farley or Micah Parsons, that's three players in the first nine picks. The odds are one of those guys will be there for the taking, and any one of those guys would be an instant starter at a position of need for Denver. All right, John, let's do the rapid fire supers for these great uh, contributors to our community here. We are about to hit the one hour mark. So we got to start wrapping it up tonight, but Corey H good to see you. My friend really appreciate your support. Yes, uh, It might not be every single podcast, but this dude every single week is, is supporting the cause. So thank you, Corey. He says, I don't want to hear anything from the GM for a few weeks. He needs time. Y'all. If he walked out there today and started throwing out verdicts on day one, we have a problem. Yeah, fair. And I think he actually did a good job with that, Peyton. You know, he didn't give any kind of specifics on any of the key issues. He didn't give specifics on Drew, Vaughn, Simmons, Shelby. Uh, all we really got out of him in terms of something you can hang your hat on is he's going to meet with the begin meeting with the coaches this weekend and then the scouts and his personnel people next. And then after that, he's going to meet with Rich Hurtado, the cap guy, and then officially – codify, put in place the off-season plan, and start executing it. So that's all we know for absolute sure. Yeah, and we're not going to probably hear from him. I mean, it could be until whatever form the Combine takes in March, he would have some sort of press conference there. But he's going to use, and he even said this, the next couple of weeks, certainly he has a plan in place for attacking the off-season and building his team. He mentioned this uh, kind of scarcely in his presser yesterday. He has to learn the lay of Dove Valley. He has to meet with the coaches and the scouts and the and the executives and the personnel and the players. He has to go through this process and determine who's worth keeping and who's worth getting rid of. What direction are we going to go? He has so many questions to answer, Chad, and actually not a lot of time to answer it. So time is ticking. Rello takeover jumping in. Thank you, my friend. Another guy that uh, is relatively new to to the super chat, but I know he's been listening for a while. So we appreciate you, my friend. Thank you so much for your support. He's all in for Caleb Farley, cornerback, Virginia Tech at pick nine, who I do think, man, I do think Caleb Farley would be just a phenomenal fit for Vic Fangio. Yeah, I'm vacillating on on Micah Parsons versus Caleb Farley. It's a coin flip for me. Both, again, would be day one starters at dire positions of need. And I've mentioned this before. The best case scenario is when drafting for need intersects with BPA and either Farley or Micah Parsons would uh, hit that ideal goal. Yeah, for what it's worth, um, oh, it doesn't show me his age. I was just gonna, I was just pulled up his wiki to see exactly what his age is. But yeah, he's at least old enough to be drafted in the NFL. Blows my mind. J Bones in the house. Good to see you, my friend. He said, and thank you for the support. He says, "Hey, gang, no riveting comment or silly conjectures." A great hire. Good things are coming. Second best guy got the job only because Chad wouldn't authorize Zach to go interview. <laughs> <laughs> Drafting just got better. Love it, dude. Thanks Appreciate for you, Good to see you, brother. Yeah, I would have taken it. Just letting you know, Chad. You know, he's if the Broncos fail with George Payton, blame Chad. I would have taken that job. I would have turned it around, Chad. Dude, I, I would have been opening that door, driving him to the building. Hats off. You go take that, uh, Chris, aka Blue Raw. Good to see you, bro. Appreciate you being – I mean, he's come on. He's He's been listening and being a superstar for a while now, but lately, man, 
Blue Raw has just been on fire. So thank you, buddy. Yes. He says, uh, DEFCON 5 happens. Does Peyton blow up the team? Meaning, like, let's say the Broncos go 4-12 and 12 next year. Also, how scary is the Vikings' cap hell a reflection of Peyton? Um, not so much Peyton as it is um, – as it is Rick Spielman in terms of where the buck stops, you know, all the cap decisions and whatnot, that's stuff that is arranged and hammered out between the GM and the caps are. So the way it was set for the Broncos for a long time, you know, you point that finger at John Elway and uh, what was his name? The old guy. I just had a brain fart. Not, not Rich Hurtado. Who's the current Sullivan. Thank you. Um, and so I don't know. I'm, I'm not too worried about that, but does the Zach does George Payton blow it up? If, if Vic Fangio goes, you know, sub 500 again in, in, in 2021. I, I think he's going to fire who deserves to be fired. And one thing that I've learned about George Payton from his presser yesterday, nothing he's going to do is impulsive. He's not going to be like a John Dorsey type who makes moves for the sake of making moves. I mean, he's going to do things very measured with the best interest of the team in mind. Uh, so if the Broncos go 4-12, and 12, Vic Fangio has to go Chad. You can't keep selling him to the fan base year after year, and he hasn't delivered what he was supposed to deliver. George Payton, he had a great quote, I put it on Twitter, about being a GM. He says, I don't care if I'm a scout, I don't care if I'm an exec, a GM, all I want to do is win. And that resonated with me, and that's a great quote. He's bringing back the Pat Bowen standard, slowly but surely, after a half decade of irrelevancy. So if they go 4-12, and 12, buy Vic Fangio, buy a Donatel, buy Pat Shermer, by Tom McMahon, you're pretty much going to have to blow everything up because the incumbents all stuck around. It's very rare for a new GM to be saddled with a holdover coaching staff. And that's the situation that George Payton has in 21. That's what we've been saying for weeks now. Expect the status quo. He was dealt a really rare hand, keeping Fangio and Shermer and everyone on board, including Drew Locke. So he has this season. It's his mulligan, George Payton. Things go south, which they very well could with the coaches they have in place and the players they have in place. He'll blow it up, but he won't just do it for the sake of doing it. He might keep Mike Munchak around. He might keep Bill Kalar around. But the guys that deserve to be fired to hold accountability and responsibility, he will make that happen. I want to grab a couple of quick Facebook questions from our supporters um, in rapid fire here, Zach, from Jeff Hines, do you think Prescott will stay in Dallas or would he be an option for Denver? And then we also have him from Josh Trahill who says, what are your picks for this week's division champs? Um, so the championship games. So first and foremost, what's going to happen with Dak? And then what's your, your, what are your picks for the conference title games? Dak is going to stay in Dallas as, as much. I mean, I'm literally a Dak Prescott super fan, and I know I'm in a very small minority there, but I think he's a hell of a quarterback. He will stay in Dallas, whether it's a long-term deal, which I do think gets done this offseason, or more, you know, at a, at a plan B at the franchise hack for $37 million. He'd be great. I'd love to cover Dak on, on the Broncos, but it's not a reality, just like Deshaun Watson isn't. Conference title games, it's looking like Mahomes will play Sunday. And if if he's anywhere close to 100% of being Pat Mahomes, I do think they win. But if he's not, Buffalo could easily win. I do differ with you. I have Green Bay beating Tampa Bay. I just want to see Mahomes versus Rodgers. That's the ultimate matchup to me. But I wouldn't mind Buffalo getting in and winning a title after all those near misses. If So my heart says I want Bill's uh Bucks, just because I want to see if Brady can win it all without Belichick. But how I actually think it's going to play out if Mahomes plays, I think it's going to be Chiefs, Bucks. I do think Brady goes into Tampa or into uh, Green Bay and uh, beats Aaron Rodgers, but only time will tell. One more quick here from Isaiah, who's also a supporter. 
He says, I've watched film on Micah Parsons and Owusu. Parsons is a good rush linebacker and a run stopper, but Owusu is a better coverage linebacker, especially on the slants and good and a good open field tackler. I like Owusu as a better uh, option, especially in Fangio's defense thoughts. I can see why you feel that way. I know Nick Kendall had a nice little write-up on him uh, at milehighhuddle.com. If you just Google his name and, and si.com, you'll find that article. But he is more of a Swiss Army knife in terms of um, he's kind of more of a – he could play linebacker, or he could be a safety, he could die back. He kind of be a Jeremy Chin, which, man, who wouldn't take Jeremy Chin right now? So I get why you're saying that, but I really do think Fangio needs his Roquan. He needs his Patrick right. Willis. And I have my doubts Owusu could really be that guy. Yeah, I mean, Owusu could also be like a better version or a comparable version of, of Isaiah Simmons. And we all wanted him in this draft, and he went to Arizona. But for my money, Micah Parsons is the more complete player. He's the more polished player. He's the more day one ready player. And I wouldn't mind Owusu, maybe not at nine, maybe after a trade back. But I'm a big fan of Micah Parsons. And you can you can coach linebackers to cover. You can make that uh, an instinct a part of their game that they can be um, effortless with. And Vic Fangio has decent results with linebackers. You've seen what he's done with Malik Reed. He's coked a, a, a Pro Bowl season out of uh, Bradley Chubb. He worked decent wonders with Josie Jewell this year. He, he made A.J. Johnson into one of the better run-stuffing linebackers in the NFL. You give him the ability and the upside of a Micah Parsons, put him in between Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, that's a pretty good linebacking core, Jen. Agreed. Isaac, uh, Isaac Mitchell, good to see you, my friend. Thanks for the super chat. Uh, he says, what's the difference between cap and cap space? Referring to Mike Kliss's tweet. Thanks, guys. So salary cap uh, is a cap, all right? So let's say you have a bank account, and the bank tells you your cap on this account, or it's actually let's just use a credit card. They tell you your limit, right? You get a credit card with a $500 limit, just as an example. That's your cap. So a salary cap is the total amount of dollars. NFL teams can spend on players every year. All right. So that's the limit. That's cap. Now, cap space is going back to your credit card. If you have a $500 limit and you owe $250, you have $250 in available cap space. Does that make sense? So, as far as the salary cap itself, last year it was north of $210 million for 2020. It's going to go down this year. We don't know how far exactly, but we know based on the collective bargaining agreement, Zach, it'll go no lower than $175 million this year. Yeah, no cap. <laughs> no cap. Uh, Jason Christopher, appreciate that super sticker, my friend. Uh, he says it's a fist bump. Fist bump right back to you, Doc. Appreciate that. Really do. All right, let me see where else, if we've missed anyone else here, John. All right, Fat Cats in the house. Good to see you, brother. Another guy that's just come on strong. If you're on Twitter, connect with us so we can shout you out. Keep the combo going. He says, can't stay in. I'm working nights. Love watching the pod later, fellas. Off question, any chance we get Shaquille Barrett back this year? I really don't see it happening because one thing to remember, Zach, is Shaquille Barrett, he went out the door, in part anyway, because Vic Fangio said let him walk out the door. Right. He was an unrestricted free agent as Vic Fangio, just like right now with with George Payton taking over as GM – you got Harris, you got Simmons. These are unrestricted free agents who, if they're allowed to depart, you got to assume not only Fangio, but but Peyton were like, you know what, let's let him go. Same could be said for Fangio and Shaq Barrett. Fangio arrived, looked at the roster. I'm sure he made a few recommendations. And even though Elway controlled that thing, Shaq Barrett went out the door. I'm not big on Shaq. I, I'm, I'm so happy he got paid as a, as a franchise guy 
by the Bucks on, on the franchise tag. I'm so glad that he was the sack champ in 2019. He deserves that. I just don't think he's as good as right. that money is going to dictate. We saw that here, gang, for what was it, four years, five years? I'm passing on that because you know you'd have to pay top dollar, and you've got Bradley Chubb who just come, came off a of Pro Bowl, and you got a young Shaq Barrett in Malik Reed. Chad, 100% nailed that. Yeah, I mean, I think the seasons that he's had in Tampa Bay, and not to discredit him, but he's playing around a true all-star cast with one of the best coordinators in Todd Bowles in the NFL. I think all those those sacks did, though, was inflate his worth, and he could be paying a market-resetting contract. And I'm not paying Shaq Barrett a market-resetting contract. And I'm with you, Chad. I think he's good, but he's not a great player. I think he's mostly the product of that Tampa Bay Bucks defense. Uh, just what you said, I'm happy for him. He got out of Von Miller's shadow, got out of Denver, but those bridges, I think, are burned, even with Elway no longer the GM. And uh, again, I always say this, and it's true, when it comes to former players, X's are X's for a reason. Yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, he had the same number of sacks this year as Malik Reed, eight. Uh, Ed Ved, 796 on Super Chat. Good to see you, my friend. Thank you. A newer name that that I know he's supered one, at least once before, but hey, man, happy to have you. Welcome. Thank you. He says, uh, thanks for all you guys do. Regarding the quarterback, if the price for Deshaun Watson is three first-rounders, you got to do it. You'll be set at quarterback for a decade. He's only a year older than Locke. So uh, Ed Ved is is really wanting to sell the farm, and that's, boy, that's what you'd be doing. Do you really think he's a guy? Because I know Mike said, hey, you get, you get Deshaun Watson here, you suddenly can compete with Mahomes. You suddenly can – I'm just – I'm not there, man. I'm not I'm not convinced of that. There, there's so many points here. First of all, it would take at least three first-round picks, which is egregious in itself. Then maybe they would want a player like a Cortland Sutton or a Jerry Judy or a Von Miller. I'm, I'm not really doing all that. What happens, though, they get Deshaun Watson. Who's to say he doesn't do the same thing in Denver that he's doing in Houston? Who's to say that if he has a head coach he doesn't like or a disagreement with George Payton, he's not going to force his way out? What has he won in Houston? This reminds me of the Kelberman's Corner we did last Sunday. What has he won there? You can't win solely with one guy, and then you deplete the roster around him. And what that would do, those give up that capital, is depleting the roster around him. Taking on that contract would not allow the Broncos to bring back core pieces to help Deshaun Watson win. It'd be the same situation that he had in Houston. So, again, we all want the guy. He's a multi-time pro bowler, the reigning NFL passing champ. He's in the prime of his career. Great guy, but it's not realistic. And I, I ask you again, how many times has a trade like that went down? I can't I can't think of one. And there's a reason that they don't go down is because teams either don't give up those quarterbacks or other teams don't give up the draft capital it would take to acquire. There are no Ricky Williams deals anymore in the NFL, Chad. Those are bye-bye. Well, and the closest thing approaching it was the Jay Cutler trade. And did that work out for either team? No. So caution, beware. By the way, here's the tweet that was referenced in that question about cap space from Mike Kliss. Quote, Broncos have rolled over $17.78 million in 2020 cap room, that's cap space, to 2021. So if the league gets a set salary cap at $175 million, Broncos cap would be $192.78 million for 2021. That's cap, not cap space. So what that means, Zach, is if it does drop to $175, the Broncos will officially be nearly $20 million over the cap that's when you see George Payton cutting a lot of dudes. Yes, and we've mentioned this before, but the three they can cut, Kareem Jackson, Jarrell Casey, and A.J. Boye, they can net, what is it, $40 million, Chad, in pure salary cap space with, with neg- negligible dead money. 
I mean, that's they can have upwards of $50 million, $60 million in salary cap space. And if they have that, maybe not Deshaun Watson, but you can lock down a Simmons. You can lock down a Shelby Harris. You can go out and get a free agent. And you have that luxury because you're not paying a franchise quarterback franchise quarterback money. Okay, guys. Two more, and then we got a dip from Ron Dub, another great member of our community that I think it would be great to have Ron on the show as well. Ron, if you'd be interested in coming on, reach out to us. You know how to contact us. And uh, we'd love to have you on for a superstar segment. But Ron Dub, appreciate you, bro. He says, hey, guys, I know it's premature, but I want to get your thoughts. What do you think will be the crowning achievement of Peyton's tenure as GM? Do you see a Super Bowl title in the next three to five years? Man, that's so hard to say in terms of the crowning achievement. I have no idea at this stage. I'm not going to lie and pretend to know exactly. But a Super Bowl in three to five years, I'll tell you, I'll say this. I'll echo what Mike Evans said because I, I agree with him. I think the Broncos in the next three to five years under Peyton can get back into competition for a Super Bowl. Does that mean they bring home a Lombardi? You know, we'll see. But at least I think in that window you can you can see some serious steps forward. I think there'll be a playoff team in two years, and by three years they can be competing for the division, you know, God, you know, God willing with Mahomes and also for a Super Bowl. But I think George Payton's crowning achievement, when we look back on his tenure, hopefully 15, 20 years from now, Chad, because he's gone on to have that success, is that he found the franchise quarterback for the Broncos. He did the one thing that Elway could not do as the Broncos are. And that's preferably a homegrown quarterback that he drafts, that his coaches develop, and that guy becomes the leader and the cornerstone of the organization. That is what I believe will happen. Whether that's Locke or somebody else down the road, I think he'll do that. BNS, last one, then we got to go, guys. Appreciate you, BNS. He says, if no corner um, or linebacker is there, do you trade back to get a right tackle like Fa? Fa oh, man, I struggle with this name. Fa'alali? Fa'alali? Falafel. I don't know how to say that name, but uh, maybe, maybe. Fa'alali? Fa'alali. I don't know. Um, anyway, if not, if your guy's not there at nine, maybe. But I'm not really thinking tackle right now because you got Garrett Bowles locked up. You have Juwan James this year for sure. Now, what form of Juwan James do you get? Begin. The, the opt-out thing doesn't bother me with certain positions. Offensive line is not one of them. I, would, I have my concerns he's going to be the same guy. But then you look behind him, and, you know, DeMar Dotson's about to walk out the door. Elijah Wilkinson about to walk out the door. you got Calvin Anderson, who I think definitely has some upside, but still very raw and untested. Uh, who else? I'm missing, I'm missing one or two. But nevertheless, uh, oh, uh, Paulo, Darren Paulo, and there's one more I'm missing. But nevertheless – it doesn't mean it's not a, a need. I'm just not sure, Zach, it's a it's a round one yeah. caliber need for Denver. It's like a edge to me. It's like a second, third, fourth round need. I mean, it'd be great if they can get a blue chip right tackle for insurance behind Juwan James. But if Farley is not there at nine and Parsons not there at nine, I'm probably you know looking at a Wusu. I might trade back for an inside linebacker. It would take a lot for me to go offense in round one, Chad. They just have holes on defense they have to address in the linebacking core and in the secondary. BD, Bradley jumping in. Good to see you, brother. Loving the face mask. Great profile pick. One of our faves. He says, hey, Chad, don't forget about the frozen tundra. Brady can handle it, but I think his teammates will struggle there. Hashtag MHH for life. You know what? That's a fair point. That's a fair point. But Brady's a pretty, you know, this is a, this is a guy that simply bends reality to his will. I'm not saying I love it. I'm just saying that's the score. That's that's the way it is, Zach. And by the way, real quick, uh, we're getting a couple of uh, pronunciation um, 
suggestions here. It's Foilali, 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 or the, and then BNS says Foilali. Go ahead, John. Sorry. Go ahead, buddy. All right, I got it. Uh, Foilali. So I don't know. We'll try and become experts on that if and when the Broncos draft him. But anyway, that's a good point, though, about the frozen tundra. And then let's get out of here. I just think it's Aaron Rodgers' year. I love what LaFleur is doing there. I think Rodgers is the MVP. And uh, I just, I don't know. I want to see him in the, in the big game. I want to see him. If, if, if Mahomes doesn't get it, I want to see Rodgers get it in the NFC. All right, guys. Thank you so much for spending some time with us here tonight. Big time shout out to Mike Evans for coming on the show and, uh, giving us his insight on these, these hot topics. Um, make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter at huddle up pod. And then while you're at it, the main account at mile high huddle, if you have those two accounts followed on Twitter, you're not going to miss anything, but also follow us individually. My partner, Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL and uh, myself at Chad and Jensen and our producer, John K at John K MHH. And then, guys, check out the merch store, huddleuppod.com, if you want to get your swag on, get yourself a T-shirt, a hat, you know, hoodie like you saw Mike rocking today. Another way to support what we're doing here. Don't forget, though, Kelberman's Corner, Episode 3, dropping Sunday at noon. Head on over to Facebook right now to our Facebook page, Mile High Huddle. Click the big blue button to become a supporter, and uh, you'll you'll be in like Flynn for that content. And then one last thing here, um, make sure you follow the Facebook page we just created for – um, the Huddle Up podcast. So just go to just go to Facebook, type in Huddle Up Pod. You'll see us. Just just like the page. We just want you to be able to follow us, and we're going to be putting a lot of cool stuff on that page, including, of course, uh, podcast clips, different cool things that uh, will give you some content when you're thumbing through Facebook. So Zach, my high salute to our superstars. My high salute to you, brother. We got one more uh, podcast for you and I this week in terms of tomorrow night we get the Mile High Mailbag, and then Friday, guys, destination. Uh, appointment you got to be there for Friday night's draft primer the MHH draft primer at six so we're geeked up for that but get us out of here Zach yes Rello will be streaming tomorrow same time six mountain time as we always do four nights a week and be there Friday for more of Chad's pronunciations of drafts draft prospects I cannot wait for that tomorrow is the mailbag our favorite part of the week we'll see you guys then and as always go Broncos You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.